theyeshiva.net. After everything we explained yesterday about the father and the mother, the seed and the egg, the seed and the fetus, Chachma and Bina, right? So, after everything we explained, and what was the main point? The main point, if we could summarize, is that in Chachma, the person, so to speak, loses himself or herself. In Bina, the person finds themselves. In Chachma, I go out of myself. There's an expression in the Haggadah. Say Olmad, Ma Bikesh Say Olmad. So there's a beautiful Taich I once saw. One of the Hasidic says, Say Olmad. If you want to learn, you have to go out. You have to go out of what? You have to go out of <laughs> of yeah of of whatever you have to go out from. Say Olmad. If not, I'm just going to learn what I knew. <laughs> you know, same old. Repet- everything is repetitive. It's what we spoke yesterday. It's learning like an old person, not like a child. So in Chachma, there's the Tzei. Kayachma. That's why it's all about Bittl. What does Bittl mean? Bittl means the person's openness to the mystery that is beyond the confinements of his or her present brain. Every brain has the way it functions, the way it's been taught <laughs> to function, what they call today neural pathways. You know, there's the highways you take to work, right? Same road. You've been taking the same road for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 10 years, whatever it is. It's not easy. I was uh, in Muncie, so before, first I lived in one house on Field Crest, then I moved to J Court. So after I got the house in J Court, I found myself going back to my old house. The only problem is the wrong guy was living there. Somebody else was living there. <laughs> It's almost habit, you know, you go down the same, uh, the same way. So by the time I came there, I figured out that I don't belong there. But uh, <laughs> in the brain, it's really, it's, uh, we have neural pathways and you just follow those pathways. And to make new ones is not so simple. So Chachma is that capacity. And that's why it's so important. And then there's Bina. Bina is assimilating that into my identity, into my character. So Chachma is the seed, the epiphany, the seminal point. It's called seminal, like a tipa, like the, like the seed of life. It's seminal. And then it has to be fleshed out into Bina. That was the main point. So now let's go back to the words of the Balatanya, and we'll see what he's saying, and how it applies to Avedis Hashem. So he says, Moichin da Abba, Right? It's the fourth line in the beginning of the Maim of Avad Halevihu. It's page, uh, page 109. is more than everything, it's the Hasaga, it's the comprehension of Bittl. It's the comprehension of that which I don't comprehend. And that's what Chachma is, Kayachma, the Kayach of what? It's the faculty, the ability to say what? To really ask, to really wonder. We're not talking about the word what, I could say what. We're talking about an existential shift of, of what? That openness, that, that curiosity. It takes a lot of humility. 
takes tremendous humility. You know, paradigm shifts don't happen uh, easily. Sometimes, nobody should ever need that. Sometimes it takes a person to go through a lot of pain, a lot, a lot of pain to make a paradigm shift because we resist it. Naturally, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> Hasaga Sabitl is not, it's, it's really comfortable, but it takes courage. It's really the most comfortable place to be in, but it takes courage to be there. And he says, that's what it means. said, What are we? It's the Kayach to say what, and it's also the Kayach on a deeper level. It's not only the Kayach to say what, it's the Kayach which is defined as Ma, what. Meaning, it doesn't have a specific name. It doesn't have a specific identity. You ask what it is, because it doesn't have, if it, if it, if it has a name, it's already not that. It's not defined. It's not fixed. It's not fixed by anything. So that's why the name of the Kayach is Ma, what? <laughs> you understand? That, that's the name of it. That's the, the title is, it has no title. Unknown. Huh? Unknown. Yeah. Unknown. Unknown, yeah. Unknown, yeah. yeah. And he says, in a, that's kritus. Interesting word. Kritus means coldness. Coldness usually is not a complimentary term. You say somebody's cold, you know, a kaltamensh, a cold person. But here it's very complimentary. Because what the kritus here means is that there's no element, whenever there's emotion and passion and heat, there's a lot of investment of the eye, a lot of self-consciousness. In a good way, I'm emotional about it. But here, the person actually loses themselves. They're not emotional about it at this point. Because the eye is not fully present. The eye is mesmerized. The eye is glued. The eye is subsumed. That's why it's called kritus. And then he says it's yiri ilah, yiri baishas. In Avaidus Hashem, it's a higher level of yiri, a higher level of awe. Yiri is baishas. Baishas is usually translated as shame. But here he doesn't mean shame as I'm ashamed of you because you caught me by a really ugly mistake or by a really ugly lie. Baishas here is the awe, the reverence in the presence of infinity. There's a moment like, I can't find myself. It's, it's, you feel the thick Slobavitch Rebbe, the Rebbe Rayatz once said, as the Alter Rebbe at Bavizin, we claim our mensch is, or we grace the Alter Rebbe showed how small a person is, but how great the person can become. There's, there's a, a situation where almost my, my very being becomes a burden. It becomes a burden. The presence of infinity, the greatest burden is that I have to be. Like, that, that's the Baishas, the, the reverence, the awe, the mystery. It's a different type of yid, it's a different type of awe. It's not fear what you're going to do to me, or fear that you caught me, or you're seeing me. Those are all levels of yid, but this is a much deeper yid. It's called yiri ilah. And that's why he says it's chachma me ayin timotze. Chachma is the link to ayin. What's ayin? Ayin is the unconscious. Ayin is no thingness. Ayin can't be identified. And chachma always emerges from that. Whenever you'll see, when you have that brainstorm, that epiphany, you'll always ask, where did it come from? I knew this before. Of course you knew it before, but you had no access to it. You knew it in your state of ayin. <laughs> the ayin knew it. But you had, I, I had no access to it. Because I was in a state of yesh. How do I have access to it? Chachma is the access to ayin. And you wonder, where did it come from? When you were just walking in the street and it came from a house, it came from the sky, it came from Amazon, it came, who, who sent, who sent this information to you? And the answer is, you opened up, you opened up a window, you opened up a vista. You know, you opened up a window to, 
to your eye and, 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 and something came out because generally what we perceive is a very, very, very tiny, tiny trickle Something that trickles down, you know, a little water that trickles down from the ayin that comes into the yesh, that the conscious brain allows to come in. What's in the subconscious brain, right, is beyond often what we imagine. In fact, sometimes there's entire experiences. This is, I'm just saying this parenthetically. Sometimes there's experiences that people went through in life and they're so painful that the brain decides to shut them out and they're relegated completely to the subconscious, and you have no memory of what happened. So imagine, your whole life may have been affected by this one event, or an event that happened more than once. Your whole life, your entire identity, you don't even know it, because you don't know what happened. The memory is too painful. Um, I mean, I know, I know quite a few situations. Years, years later, because of certain circumstances, suddenly it's like, oh, wow. The person rediscovers a whole part of themselves that they didn't know. This usually is when there's something very painful and the brain doesn't want to, can't deal with it, so you just, it never happened. If it never happened, you have to find the blame in yourself. So the levels of distortion that that does is very, very painful. My point is that the link between ayin and yesh is not a simple, simple link. So what comes out in our conscious is only what the brain says, you know, this you can deal with. <laughs> this will give you. A lot more, most of it stays in the realm of ayin. And chachma is that openness, just like on an intellectual level. It's that ability to be able to, 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 to ask what's in the ayin. I become frustrated with my intellectual ego, with my intellectual comforts, and I open myself up to something. And then in that state of absolute bittel, where the I is not present, so a deeper truth can emerge into my I. And that's always the feeling of Chachma. That's the sense of, wow, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And you know it's true. You know it's true. It's like this intuition. Bina is not intuition. Bina is a process. Chachma is an event. Chachma happens like this. Boom. Mamash like a lightning. Baraka Mavrak. Bina is a process. Chachma is an event. Mm-hmm. I think Edison said that all invention is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Perspiration means schwitzing, without schwitzing, right? It's 99% showing up in the office, schwitzing, 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 and then 1%. So, chachma is inspiration. Bina is perspiration. Bina without schwitzing. You sit, you develop, you develop again, a svara here, a svara there. It's like building a building. Bina is building a building. Literally, bina from the word binyan, baina. The word binya, binya comes the word baina. That's what a woman does. She builds a building. And the architecture is amazing. Just look at your body. <laughs> it's amazing. No building in the world comes close to it. 100 billion neurons, 70 trillion cells. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing piece of, piece of, uh, of binah. I mean, Hashem does it w- within the woman's body, obviously. That's bina. You build, you build. You know, sometimes, People speak, right? One of the one of the challenges is when people speak or they give a shear, they don't have structure. Whenever you speak, you talk, you need a structure, you need a binion. You don't build the tenth floor before you build the foundations. Right? You don't build the beautiful, beautiful sunroof before you have a before you have a first floor, second floor. A shear is the same way. It's a binion. You have to build it. It's a it's a binion. You see every mimer how he builds. It's not a hakta vart, another vart, another vart. Then I remind myself something, it goes in. 
That's all bina. That's all binyan. That's all taking something. But you can't. You don't build yesh meyayin. You build yesh meyesh. <laughs> you have bricks and you configure them in a certain way. You have lumber. You configure them. That's all bina. Chachma is not a binyan. Chachma is meyayin timotzi. Chachma is a, a a flicker, a gilui from 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 ayin, and that's why it's always a state of bittel. And it won't stay. Chacham will never stay with you. Why will it never stay with you? Because it can't. Because <laughs> if you're there, if you're there, it's already not Chachma. Chachma always comes in a moment when I lose myself. Chachma is a very satisfying, there's a special tainug there. Just like a, a certain, a certain, like, wow. There's, there's, it's it's aha moment, aha moment. But it's very elusive. By definition, it's elusive. Because it's transcendent. It's clear. It's clear, yeah? If our state, huh? Do you need to be in a state of wonder to receive the call? You're in some state. You're always in a state of wonder, in a state of humility. Sometimes it's even, I'm so yearning to understand it, I'm daydreaming about it already for the last hour. And that's bittal. Because that daydream, if you realize, you were completely immersed in trying to figure it out and there was nothing else. You were walking in the street. You, were, you don't even realize you were doing it. That's how deep it was. It's not like, right now I'm going to be bavatal myself. That's not bittal. <laughs> right? That's not bittal. Right now I'm going to be, I'm going to have the shlemos of bittal too. <laughs> I want to be so perfect, I'm going to have bittal too. That's the opposite. Right? So the person who is so immersed in something, I don't even realize how immersed I am in it. And then, out of the blue, it wasn't really out of the blue. It's completely not out of the blue. But out of the blue, from in terms of experience, this light, you know, turns on in the person's brain. But it came from from an avoida before. Another thing with chachma is you can't anticipate it; you can't force it. It happens. You can't premeditate it. You can't, you can't say, "I don't understand this," but I'm going to sit for a half an hour straight, and it's going to come in. It won't. <laughs> Certainly, you can't control it. Right? It'll probably come when you don't expect it. And sometimes when you gave up completely. Why? Because when you gave up, it was actually bittal. <laughs> when I gave up, that's real bittal. What does it mean I gave up? I gave up means I can't solve this. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. And it's true in so many areas of life. So that's why it's connected to, that's why he calls it tachlus habitl. Now, here's the key. This is what you meant, Ripsvi. There's a ha'ara, migdulasi is barach. How is there bina? Bina is a real sphere. In Kabbalah, Echsidis, bina is one of the ten spheres. In other words, it's one of the modalities. Kivayachal, one of the personality traits, I know it's the wrong word, but one of the personality of Hashem, one of the characteristics of Hashem, it's one of the ten spheres. He says, yeah, what is bina? A ha'ada, a shine, a glimmer of gdulasi yizbarech, of his infinity, comes liklal havana can actually be grasped, it can be comprehended, and that's always what creates bina. Bina is that my brain holds on to something and it owns it. And that's what bin is. If I'm explaining something that I understand, the, the Reb Chaim Briska famously said, Asafeltin Hasbada, Feltin Avona. 
right? If I can't explain it, it's because I don't understand it. Meaning, Havana, his word was Havana. What's Havana? Havana is the word Bina, Binyan. Getting it, I got it. You know, sometimes you got it. You developed it, you got it, and you're presenting it. You own it. It's amazing, it's beautiful, it's very, very special. But it's not Chachma. <laughs> it's Bina. It's stepping away from Chachma, and it's always a Ha'ara. It's only a Ha'ara, it's a glimmer. Why is it only a Ha'ara? Because if it would be the source itself, you would never be able to own it. You can't own, you can't own truth. It's infinity. That which you can own is always a ha'ara. It's, it's, it's a ray. It's like the sun. I can't bring the sun into my house. You know what happens if I bring the sun into my house? Right? We become toast. Ha'ara. Ha'ara, we could sit. You could sit on your porch. You could sit by the water and enjoy it. <laughs> And the vitamin D gives you vitamin D. And it gives you gewaldic of things that the sun has in terms of nutrients, in terms of heat, of course, and all of the healing qualities of the sun, shemesh marpe. But it's a ha'ara from the sun. It's amazing, ha'ara. So he says, bin is always, there's a ha'ara migdolasi is baruch, and that could come liklal havana vasoga mamash. That's something I, I, I could grasp, I could own. But then there's Chachma. Chachma is that which I don't own. It owns me. I don't have it. It has me. I don't get it. It gets me. And he continues. Oh, so that's the Pasuk. Yesh. Yesh is 310 worlds. But Yesh, first and foremost, means Yesh, something. I'm giving Yesh. I'm giving you a Nachla of Yesh. Epis. What's Epis? It's a thing. It has a thing has dimensions. A thing must have dimensions. It has a shape, it has a size. This table has a certain length, it has a certain width, it has a certain height, it has a look, it, it's, it's made of certain material, and I could describe it. That's a physical yesh, but spiritual also, the same thing, a yesh, an idea. It has a beginning, it has an end, it has dimensions, right? In Bina, that's what you have. You have a yesh. Savart, it's avart. Some people have a chush and chachma. Some people have a chush and bina. Hashem gives different brains. Some people have a special sense. Everyone has everything. Some people have a sensitivity to chachma. Some people to bina. Some people are always with new ideas. Every hour they make a new company and they have a new idea and they invent new things and they win a new Nobel Prize. It's in their mind. But every hour. And other people, they're not, they don't have that. But if you give them an idea, ah, they can, uh, they can run with it. Kaftava <laughs> fedach. They, they, they hear something and they know how to turn it into something very nice. Publicists, that some, sometimes they often feel like imposters because it's not their own. But really it's a special chush. You can't take away the chush. So people have tremendous intuition and have new, they're bustling with new ideas, but nothing happens out of it. It's like a tipper. You know, it's a tip, and not, no, no child comes from it. You need the feminine energy. Yeah, I'm sorry, you wanted to ask something. You're writing down what Chachma is or what Bina is? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, yeah. He says, Well, here he's talking about Hashem. But generally, Bina is a Ha'ara of whatever. Ha'ara from the piece of Gemara. Ha'ara from the Pasuk Chumash. Ha'ara from the truth that you're grasping. A certain, a certain aspect of it comes out. 
there's certain ages that certain things are more developed, but also in character. You have a person who has a chush and chachma, and you have a person who has a chush and bina. Just like you say, you have a right-brainer, left-brainer, right? Neshamas that are chesed, neshamas that are gvura. Of course. Of course, yeah. Ben Arboyim Lubina. The Mishnah says Ben Arboyim Lubina. In Pirkei Avos, Perikei. Right, there's a certain Bina that came in, but that comes in, Ben Arboyim. Says the Balatanya Vaiter. And through this hasaga, hasaga means comprehension, but really the word hasaga means, lahasig in Hebrew means to grasp, to the grechen. Right? So the Psimchabinim of Shizcha said, Vihisigucha, Azevi Hasagas Haraivid of Rambam. In Rambam, Mishnah Torah, you have Hasagas Haraivid. What's Hasagas Haraivid? It actually means the arguments of the Raivid on the Rambam. The Raivid argued with the Rambam a lot. In Mishnah Torah, it's on the, in the side of the Rambam. Hasagas Haraivid. Sorry. So Hasagas Haraivid, what, what is it? It's the arguments of the Raivid. So uh, I saw Reb Shlomo Yosef Zevin, I think, brings in Sipur Echsidim on Barjans Kisovo or somewhere else. He says, what Reb Simcha Ben said was, When you have all these blessings, it becomes a hasaga. The question is, if you, ha- you have all this, what are you doing with it? <laughs> so what are you doing with it? Am I utilizing the gifts? Am I utilizing the resources? But the word hasaga literally means to reach. To reach. It also means to grasp, to comprehend. It's all the same thing. You reached it. You have it. You own it. You get it. You 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 wrap your brain around it. Lahasik, amasik something. I have a good hasaga in it. Then you can also ask questions on it. In chachma, there's no questions. If you start asking questions in chachma, it's ridiculous. <laughs> chachma is silence. Always silence. Chachma is silence. If you start making azayim at chachma. Then yeah. <laughs> it's not Chachma. Chachma is, uh, I don't know. There's, uh, wow. Silence. Atem Tachirishim. Moshe Rabbeinu, minamayim mishisiu, kvad pe, kvad loshim. V'nachnu ma. Moshe couldn't speak. Why couldn't he speak? So the Balatanya says, Chachma, you don't speak. Chachma, you listen. You know, fish don't make any noise, right? You go into the fish, it's, you ever watch fish, it's, it's ayin. Alma discasia. The concealed world. Mayim, it's covered. From hasaga, there can be a strong emotion. Because what is an emotion? Emotion, by definition, we learned in, previous, in a previous Mayimah, the difference of passion and going away from passion, right? The two levels in Avodah Hashem, the level of the Miraglam and that which is beyond the Miraglam. Right? A very similar idea. The Miraglam wanted passion. You remember, Eish, Eichla, Eish. Passion, by definition, always comes from self-awareness. Emotion is my emotion, my feeling. There's no emotion without self-awareness. Emotions that are without self-awareness are very, very get very complicated because an emotion is all about what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. So he says, from hasaga, they can come a real ava, they can come a strong, fiery love. But chachma is called kriras. Chachma is cold. Why is it cold? Not because the person is detached, but because the eye is subsumed in ayin. That's what cold means. Cold doesn't mean 
Cold means you don't see any fire. Because there's dveikos, there's not hispilus. There's two terms, hispilus and dveikos. You know the difference? Hispilus means you're very emotional. Dveikos is your one. You saw, for example, different tzaddikim davened in different ways. There were tzaddikim, when they davened, there was tremendous hislavos. Fire, passion. There were others, you didn't see a thing. It was, it was complete, complete silence. It looked like almost the person is cold, but it's the other way around. You're so connected to it that you're just completely like bottle. So there's no, uh, there's no fire. Not there's no fire because, because you don't care. Because it's, it's, it's a deeper place of dvekas. So you're not screaming. Sometimes when, whenever I scream, it's because there's distance and I want to overcome the distance. You know, you see somebody in the airport, you haven't seen them in a few years. You run over and and then you hug each other, you stop screaming. Why stop? Now you should start screaming. Because now it's dvekas. So that's why Chachma is called Kriyadus. So he says, V'hine bitfilet tzarech li In tefillah, in davening, in the relationship with Hashem, both are vital components. And always in my modem you'll see, you'll bring out one nekuda, and then they'll say, but really there's something else. Right? But just like we say in, in halach, elu ve'elu divrelikim chayim. Even though there's something else, doesn't take away from the first thing. Everything is part. There's chachma, there's bin. He says, tefillah must have both elements. Hainu meichin de'aba ve'ima. Dalad aleph vav aleph. Don't get confused. De'aba ve'ima. Of the father and the mother. In Kisvei Harizal, this Rosh Hashanah is very common. Dalad aleph vav aleph. Over there it's in code language. Zivugim, abba, ima, abba, ima, ima, abba. Father, mother. De'aba ve'ima. You need both. Just like a child, does a child need a mother? Nobody questions that a child needs a mother. A child needs a father too. You're going to say, uh, who, who's more important? <laughs> okay, that's an interesting question. But the bottom line is, a child needs a father and a child needs a mother. There's things that a mother gives, there's things that a father gives. They have to work together, that's the key. Right? They have to work together. Somebody sent me a line yesterday, said, when elephants get into a fight, you ever saw elephants, you ever saw a documentary or a video, or you ever in Kruger National, you ever, elephants get into a fight, big elephants, you know, male elephants in the seasons, it's pretty intense. They get into fights, you don't want to, you don't want to come in between. So they kick, they kick the sand, it's, 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 it's intense. So when elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers most. It's the grass that suffers most. So when, when the two elephants in a house fight, when a mother and a father fight, they also suffer, but it's the grass. It's what's under the ground, what's, what's, what's under them that suffers most. So you're going to say, uh, this is important, that's important. He says, you need Abba ve'im. So just like it's biologically, and it's true in a family, it's also true, the reason it's true in a family is because it's true in Avaita Hashem. What does this mean? Pirush. Which is the awareness of the mother. This is called Ratsai. What's Ratsai? Ratsai is a yearning. I want to be connected above through a strong love, which is like a fire, that is born 
from his boininus, from contemplation and meditation, bigdulasa yisbarich in his greatness, shubchinus meichin de'ima. Meichin de'ima, which is his boininus. His boininus comes from the word bina. His boininus, right? Lihitbonen, levoinen, lahavin. It's all the same word, bina. That his boininus, that awareness, that internalization, when, when, when I'm aware of who you are in a very powerful way, and I get it, I want to be close to you. I want to be part of this. I have a tainug, I have a pleasure. It's sweet, it's beautiful. That's what Bina does. When you get it, when you internalize it, it creates a very deep closeness. That's how it is. If you really got it. Ki aim labanim tikra. As the Pasuk says, she's called a mother to children. Bina is called the mother. This creates the ratzay, the child. Sefer Yitzir, it says that the children are like the emotions, and the father and mother are the cognitive faculties that give birth to emotions, because all emotions are based on awareness. There's no emotion that doesn't come from awareness. Every emotion is fueled like a child. A child comes from somewhere. <laughs> I may not see your father and mother, but you come from a father and mother. You have an emotion, and emotions don't come in a vacuum. Emotions all have a tati and a mommy. <laughs> and it's good to know who the father and mother is. That's something that's having a very, very strong emotion. This is it. It's not it. It's a child. There's a tati and a mommy. Let's call in mommy. Let's see what mommy has to say. It's very helpful. It's hard to do because the child is throwing a tantrum. <laughs> Let's see what mommy has to say. And mommy can tell you a lot of stuff. So mama is called Aim Labonim Tikr. This creates the rotsi, the yearning. Creates shuv. What's shuv? Shuv is to return. It says in If your heart is racing, running, rots, from the word rots, running, rotsoin, desire, rotsoi, shuv lechad. Come back to oneness. What's pshat? This is a higher level of awe. The awe of reverence. This comes from The person accepts on themselves the oil of Malchus Shemayim involved in Teirah Mitzvahs. What's the Pshat here? The Pshat is, um, I'll tell you a fascinating story, amazing story. The Magad of Mizrich had a son, his name was Rabbi Avram HaMalach. You heard Rabbi Avram HaMalach. Why do they call him Amalach? In the world of Chassidus, they call him Amalach. Because he was a Malach, he was an angel. He was a person, but his whole behavior was like a Malach. So he's known as Rabbi Avram HaMalach. He was a son of the Mizrich Magad. There's letters from the Mizrich Magad to him, he would fast a lot and he says... He told him to stop fasting. He wrote, Aklein lechelin, guf is a grace lechelin the neshama. His father wrote to him, a little hole in the body is a big hole in the soul. So he writes to him, Aklein lechelin, guf is a grace lechelin the neshama. When the Balatanya came to the Magad the first time, they called him a Litvak, because he came from the area of Lithuania, Belarus, from Lyazhna. And he really, I don't know if you know this, the Balatanya, he was around 20 years old, 19 years old, and he was looking for a Rebbe, a Rebbe Muvuk. So first, he thought to go to Vilna, to the Vilna Gon. He wanted to become a Talmud of the Gon, or Mizrich. He heard about the two places. And then he understood, they said, that in Vilna, he said, In Vilna, you learn how to learn, and in Mizrich, you learn how to daven. 
The Baltanya said, Len and Kenech Abyssal. Davin and Kenech Bechlal Nisht. Learning, I know a little bit. Davening and Bechlal don't know how you daven. So he went to Mizritch. But in the beginning, he wasn't impressed. Because he was like, uh, he had that, like that Litvisha mindset, you could see from the Maimada. So he, he wanted to leave. And then somebody came in with a lung. Oh, oh, oh. A person came in with a lung to the Mizritcha Magad. He had a shaila on a lung in a behema to ask if it's kosher. And the Magad started to analyze the halachas of Reya, and the Baltanya was so uh, taken aback. So because of that lung, he stayed by the Mizritcha Magad. So the Mizritcha Magad, he made a chavrusa between him and his son, of Rama Malach. So they learned six hours a day. Three hours, the Balatanya would teach him Nigla, Gemara, Shas, Poiskim, Rishonim. And three hours, Rabbi Avram Malach would teach him Kabbalah. That was the Seder. The Alter Rebbe said that he turned the clock. You know, you know the Maisa. He had three hours, Rabbi Avram Malach, but he would turn the clock back. So Rabbi Avram Malach didn't realize that the three hours are up. So it would go another few hours. And he said, it says in Zoyar, Loi Signoiv, so after the Loi, there's a psik. Right, there's a, a like a line to say for Torah because the Zoya says sometimes signif when it comes to Torah. Sometimes when it comes to Torah, steal the time that's reserved for something else and learn. Now the Rebbe said that those extra times were the best because it says Mayim Gnuvim Yim Taku. The stolen water is, is this this of us. In any case, it was a very special chavrusa, and he once about Rama Malach was davening, and uh, he was wearing tefillin. And people came over to the Balatanya and they said, it looks like this man is not going to survive. The Baal Shem Tov once said that one of the biggest miracles is that he stays alive at the end of davening. He said about himself, one of the biggest nisim is he stays alive. So they told the Balatanya, but Ramam Malach, it looks like he's going to have Kloisa Nefesh, which means his Nefesh is going to go out. It's hard for us to understand even what these things mean. But the intensity of the passion was so much, it's like the voltage, the electricity is too much for the body. Like, not of an aviyu, right? The Chaim says, they kissed Hashem and then... Uh, the goof couldn't take it. So Rav Rama Malach, he said, at help by Klois HaNefesh, he was like, it looked dangerous. So who do you call out? Salah? What, what do you do? It's the middle of davening. So you know what the Altar said? The Altar said they should take off the Tefillin Shal Rosh of Rashi and put on Tefillin Shal Rosh of Rabbeinu Tam. Take it off. Take off the Rashi from Rabbeinu Tam. And they did. <laughs> and Rav Rama Malach settled. So they asked the Balatanya Vosepis. So listen to his words. He said, Tfilin the Rashi is Moichin the Ima. Rabbeinu Tam is Moichin the Abba. Rashi is, the Tfilin for Rashi is Rotsi. The Tfilin Rabbeinu Tam is Shuv. Shuv Le'echad. Rabbeinu Tam is Shuv Le'echad. That's what he said. What's Pshat? It says in Kabbalah, the different Tfilins, it's not Stam, Rashi has this Shitter, Rabbeinu Tam has this Shitter. It's an argument how you write, how you put the order of the Parshish. It's a different Indian. The Tfilin of Rashi is Bina. The tefillin of, of Rabbeinu Tam is, is Chachma. That's why in Shulchan Aruch, the Allah is Rashi's tefillin. It says a Yirei Shemayim, a Balnefer should try to put on also Rabbeinu Tam's tefillin. It's a different Indian. It says for Rabbeinu Tam's tefillin, you have to be ready because it's a, it's a, it's a, Alpika Bol, it's a higher Madreig of tefillin. It's Moichin Da'aba. It's not Moichin Da'ima. What's the difference? You would think Fakert. In Moichin Da'aba, there should be more close on Nefesh. He says no. In Moichin Da'aba, there's Bittal. And because this bittel, you ask, what does Hashem want? Hashem wants me to be in this world, so you come back. 
In Meichen the Ima, it's my feeling, it's my experience. It's like what we spoke in the previous year. You remember the Shir about the Nesachim or the Meraglim, right? You're sitting with your wife and you're very close and you're having an amazing time and she's, do me a favor, go to the airport. I'm not going to the airport, I'm with you. I'm staying with you, Loyalam Vod. I want you to go to the airport. I don't care what you want. I want to be with you. <laughs> but I, I don't want you here. I want you Shuv. I don't want you, I, I don't want you in Ganadin. I want you in the Guf. Did so mitzat chachma, mitzat the bittel of chachma, he's makabel el malcha shemayim, ba'aske b'tayda b'mitzvahs. So paradoxically, the chachma, which is higher, brings him back into the world, into Hagbala. Counterintuitive. So that's why he said, put on tefillin ha'bin atam on, on, on Rabbi Avram HaMalach. <laughs> and he said then, it says, ha'chachma, it says in Mishlei, ha'chachma techaye ba'aleha. Chachma brings life to its owner. So he says, Rabbi Rabbi Malach needs chayas, v'achachma t'chayim Allah, brings life. Because in chachma, it's not my hergish, my experience. It's the truth. And the truth is, Hashem wants you to be here. This is what He wants. I don't want to be here. I like it much better in Ganeid. I know you like it much better in Ganeid. <laughs> but I want you to be there. So when you go there, in a way, there's a much deeper achdos. You understand? That's, that's the Vartir. So why do you say you need both? Stick with Meich and Abba. Stick. What do you need? Stick to the Chachma, much better place. So he says, It's true, Meich and Abba is higher. You must have Meich and Abba. Why? At least in the beginning. Because the main thing is to bring light into the goof, into the body. In Chachma you transcend. In Bina you integrate. Unbelievable words. The Iker is to bring truth, to bring Emes into the goof. It should be visceral. Visceral means, like it says in Tehillim, Libi of Sari Yedananoel Kelcha. Stavzain in the goof. And the guf relates to bina. Chachma is an akud of transcendence. It's extremely important because it, it gets you in touch with truth. But if it's not integrated, it doesn't become part of me. So you'll say, what, well, I, I don't exist. You do exist. You do exist. That's part of the plan. Ha-chachma ayin but from the ayin came a yesh. And there's no way to inform the yesh without... Bina, because Bina integrates. I, it's only a Ha'ara. I know it's only a Ha'ara. I, it's limited. I know it's limited. I, it's Yesh. I know it's Yesh. But it's you. It touches you. It affects you. So we're not going to... Meichin is much greater, much deeper, much more real. But Meichin Ima touches you. Just like in intellectualism. What's wrong with Chachma itself? Chachma is the place to be. Only one issue. Chachma never becomes part of you. You lose yourself in Chachma, but you can't find yourself in Chachma. So to say no Chachma, I'm, I'm staying stuck in Bina, then there's no growth. But to stay in Chachma is to stay in Ayin. And he says, the Iker is aguf, to illuminate, to bring light into the Guf. And that always comes from the love that is revealed, it's manifested. The love that I can feel, the passion that I can experience, and the reason I can experience is because it touches my eye. 
it builds me, it fulfills me. That's why it's called Ava Begili. That comes from the brain of Bina, which is much closer to the body. Closer to the body doesn't mean a physical proximity. means it's the language of the body. It sounds like from here that we do have control over the Chachma when we said before we don't have control of Chachma. You don't have control the moment it's going to come. We have control to open ourselves up to it. That we have. To prepare ourselves. To open ourselves up to it. The moment, the moment Chachma comes, that I, I, you can never control. By definition, you can't. Because if I'm controlling it, it's not going to be Chachma. Bina, I build. Bina has dimensions. Bina, you can almost cut, you know? It's like you're in control of it. Yeah, was fragen up the beginning of the moment, you said that first you have Chachma, then you have Bina. But really, you said the opposite. First you have Bina, then you have Chachma. Well, this, the both, when he says here, Betchila, he means that don't jump to Chachma. That's what he means. In the beginning, in Avodah Hashem, yeah, there's the Nekuda of Bina. In every, when a person is thinking about a new idea, there's going to be first Chachma and then Bina. But in the process of life, he says, in Avodah Hashem, yeah, you always first have to start with Moichin De'ime. It should be connected to me. Because if it's completely disconnected from me, I'm going to go back to my Marshall, okay? You have this couple, right? She wants him to be in the airport. So he says, you know what? I'm going to stay in the airport for the rest of my life. I, 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 I'm just, I don't mean that, and that's how no woman wants that, but I'm saying, let me just go on errands every time. Why should I ever be here? Let me just do what you want. What's going to be the problem with that? The problem with that is that there's no relationship. <laughs> you understand? You need a relationship in which I feel connected to you, and then there's a deeper connection, and the deeper connection is that I'm ready to step away. See, my mother is calling. I want to know why she's calling a few times. Give me a moment. I'm Hello? Good morning. I'm just in the middle of a shear. Anything? Uh, can I call you back, sir? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no problem. I couldn't. I couldn't. I see my mother is calling. <laughs> so, in Avodah Hashem, he's saying we have to start with the Indian of Bina, that it should be in a way. That the person can, 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 you don't make a shidduch and say, the main quality in the shidduch is bittel. Okay, so Lamaynaf came in who you get married to. <laughs> the main thing is, it doesn't work that way, you understand? Because then you'll ultimately, your eye is going to resent it. Emes, that in a real marriage, you step away from yourself and you transcend. But you don't want that the eye should come back and bite you and you're going to resent it. Right? And it's going to be fake. It's going to be fake. It's not going to be, because it's not integrated. So that's what he means. It says in the, in the, in Pasach Elio, in the introduction to the Kunizer, Chachma Meicha Bina Liba. We say, Vesein Bilibenu Bina. Lahavinu Lahaskil Ishmaya Lilmut every morning, you remember? Vesein Bilibenu Bina. So it says, Chachma is connected to the Mayach. Bina is connected to the Lev. Why? We don't understand why. Because Bina affects the heart much more. It affects the visceral experience much more. Because emotions come from something that, that affects the eye. You know how to react. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know how to react. So And he says, and the lave is cut of Yosir al-Aguf. Upchinus moichin da Abba. Afshama alosim gavoya Yosir mehabina. I moichin da Abba is much greater, much truer than Bina. So why am I, why are we, why are we compromising truth? So the Alter Rebbe says, Halo yin soif baruchu hu nailo yosir le'ein aroich. Really? Meichin the Abba is higher than Meichin Nimba. That's true. But let me tell you something else. Ain Saif is even greater. And no thought grasps it. You're right. Meichin the Abba is higher than Meichin the Ima. And let me tell you something else. And Ain Saif is higher than everything, and there's no Erech to it. But Leis Machshavat Fisabe Klal. No thought grasps it. So you'll say, why should anybody use their machshava? Ain't soif is higher than everything. That's true. But ain't soif wanted my machshava. No thought can grasp ain't soif. That's why there's a tzimtzum. That's why there's a ha'ara. So he says, similarly, it's true, Meich and the Abba is much more true. But the question is not only what's more true, the question is, where are you? Where are you in the experience? The Ava that comes from Meichin the Abba, he says, is much, much more Behelem. It's much higher. It's a different type of Ava. And on the Pasuk, Shleim HaMelech says, Amarti achakma I thought I was a smart guy. <laughs> But it's very far from me. Chazal say he's referring to the Paraduma. Amarti achakma. I thought I'm wise, but the Pashtus he says it's about chachma. Amarti achakma. I thought I'll grasp chachma. Shleima melech. Vayechka bekol adam is the greatest chacham. Vehi rechaykem imeni. It's far from me. So he explains where does the child grow? Child grows in the womb of the mother, and it's always distant from the father. There's always a richuk. The intimacy, the zivug is father and mother together. But the child can't grow that way. That's the beginning, that's the spark, that's the chachmah. Yorikicheitz, shooting out the seed of life. But the gidolah ben, the development of the child, child needs the safe, protected, nurturing womb of mommy. That's a sense of attachment, and that only bina can give. The Navi says, Ki'ish asher there's the p'china of the nechama you get from mama, not tata. I once read a story that Rav Cook, his mother passed away when she was very old, and at the funeral, he was sobbing like a child. And she was really, really old, and he was already a very prominent figure, and he himself wasn't young. So they asked him after, why were you sobbing so much? He said, nobody is ever going to call me Avram again. The last person to call me Avramala. You know, that, that innocence. <laughs> Before you became a figure, whether controversial, not controversial, beloved, more beloved. You know, that innocence. The child needs the safety of the mother. The attachment, the attachment that mother gives. So he says, that's berichuk from the father. Physically, Pasha, it's in the womb of the mother. So spiritually, it represents bine. Bina creates the emotion that's distant from Chachma. If you stay in the world of Chachma, you don't have that type of growth. Chachma always helps you realize you come from Ayin. But Bina helps you embrace the Yesh. 
and give the yesh validity and attachment so that it could have ayin. Because if the yesh is destroyed, it's going to not let you go to ayin because it's just trying to look for validation. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why Tfila must have Meichin de Ima. What's Meichin de Ima? It allows the Ava to come out in order to illuminate the body. That requires this Bainus of Meichin de Ima. She is the one who gives birth. Aim Habonim Smecha. Aim Labonim Tikra. Shame Ava Vichol Hamidis Agdoshus. Love and all of the holy middas are all children that come from Chachma, but then from Bina. That's your question. But now don't stop here. A child needs a father also. And it's not that a father doesn't give attachment. A father also gives deep attachment. Meichin da'aba is not detached, chas v'shalom. Meichin da'aba is the bittel. And that's, he says, after that, you want to shine into the middas the nekud of Meichin da'aba. So that Bina shouldn't become a place where I get stuck even in my spiritual experience. So Tfila must have both Pchinas. And it's hard. This is this is Shuv. Ratz Libcha Shuv Le'echad. Yesh and Ayin. Right? Ratzay and Shuv. Ahava and Yiri Yilah. Yiri Tboishas. I find myself and I lose myself. Now we'll understand what the Zoya means. This was the Avoid of the Leviim. Remember the beginning of the Maimed. The Levi served who? The whole Avoid of the Leviim, what they represented in the Beis Hamikdash was who? To work with the who, which is Nister, which is Almadiskas, the concealed world, the world of Ayin, and bring it out. Bring out the passion and the emotions from concealment to revelation. And that always comes through his Bainanus. His Bainanus means through real meditation, where I can really internalize these truths. And that's why their Avaid in the Beis primarily was the music. Because the music triggers and evokes and brings out profound, profound emotion. And there were two parts. Shida bepeh, bekoil, ubezimra bekeli. The Gemara in Erkin discusses this. You had the vocalists and they had the musicians. It's actually a machlekes in Gemara if the Iker shira was the Iker was the, with the mouth or the Iker with the keli. <laughs> the conclusion is the instruments. And it's a pella. Somebody sings beautifully, it's beautiful. But with an instrument, something special happens, like a symphony, musicians, instruments. L'chari, you could think, a mouth, medaber, that represents the consciousness of a person. Uh, 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 an instrument of the chadoimim, it's lifeless. But there's something in the doimim, like we learned in last maim, in the maisa, there's something in the keli that brings out even a deeper emotion. So the levium, you had those who were vocalists, and you had those who were musicians, they played instruments. And you know, the Rambam describes in Hilchas Midin and Musafin, you had sometimes huge, huge concertos. You know, you can have 120 vocalists. It wasn't uh, three people singing in a gunim. You can have 120 vocalists and musicians galore and all types of instruments. People don't realize what was happening in the Beis Hamikdash. 
And this happened every day, every single day, including Shabbos. Yeah, I mean, we have the Shir Shalyai, but we don't know the Nigunim. There's a few Nigunim that they call them Skarbova. There's a few Nigunim that some people say that come back from the Levim and the Beis HaMikdash. But apparently, you know, that, that Kayach HaNeginah was lost from the Jewish people for a long time at least. Huh? Some say, Musaf Yomim Noirayim, Vakoyanim, They say some shtiklach. There's such a Messiah. Huh? What did you say? Vibrations, yeah, yeah. It's an incredible thing. What was the Avoida? So the Rebbe says, Yeshkama Kalim, many instruments. Kawashakasa, we say in the Davening, Hallelujah, Besekha Shaifer. In the Hallelukas, you praise Hashem through the Shaifer. Hallelujah, Benevel. Nevel is a liar. Chinar, Chinar is a harp. Hallelujah, Besaif. Saif is a, uh, a drum. Machail, uh, no, you know the translations. Tambourine. Behind the watch, Yeshkama Mine Yislavus Shabihizgalus. Every musical instrument touches a different type of passion. <laughs> it's a fascinating word. It's not stumped as different instruments. You have a cello, you have a fiddle, you have a harp, you have a guitar, you have a violin, you have a lyre. Every, every instrument, he says, it's a different nekudah of Islavos. It's a different nekudah of passion. Obviously, some people, you know, they're just tone deaf. It's irrelevant. You know, a drum, a guitar. Some people enjoy it. But then there's the Edelkite. The Edelkite of Negin is very deep. He says it's touching a different dimension of passion. It's like a different, it's like a fire has different colors. For example, there's a chuka, there's a desire, there's a passion that's represented in a sense of joy and festivity. Simcha, chedva. Chedva means like oiz v'chedva b'mkayma. Chedva is lebedikait. Simcha, joy. V'yeshi b'mchines menirus. There's another type of eslavos that actually creates introspection. Menirus is a sense of, of bitterness. But here the bitterness is like a very deep sense of introspection, of vulnerability. You know, sometimes you hear music, you start crying, right? Why are you crying? Nobody hurt you. <laughs> You're crying because it evokes a certain sense of truth and vulnerability and awareness that's very deep. V'lev nishbar. There's music that creates a humble heart. There's music that creates an expansive heart. Right? There's music that empowers you. There's music that humbles you. You're familiar with music. This is very, very nuanced analysis here. But there's one common denominator. It's all meichin de'ima. <laughs> It's all comes out in a very revealed way. You feel, you experience the passion. You start dancing to the beat. It's internalized. It's visceral. And because there's so many colors and nuances in passion, therefore there's so many different types of musical instruments. Right? It says by Elisha. So that's what David HaMelech said, the last capital in Tehillim, Kufnun. We say every day, right? Haluka, halu b'kiyizim, g'raisav, halu b'seka shoifa, b'neva v'china, shoifa machal, minim v'ugav, tziltzalei shama, tziltzalei shrua. If you use an English city, you go through all those instruments. Why? Why hallelujah with all of these? Why? Because each one is a different hallelujah. He says, the seka shoifa. Shoifa ukoil hamatl charada v'lev nishbar. When you blow a shoifer, a shoifer is not such a musical instrument, right? Usually don't use it for a concert. 
But he says, Shoifer is a vo- it's a sound. Hamatel Charada, it creates a certain awe, dread. Velev Nishbar, a humility. Tu, 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 tu. Shazel Inyan Atkiyas Vashvarim. That's why you have Tkiyas and you have Shvarim. Tkiyas is more the Charada, the Yira. Ooh. And then the Shvarim represents the Lev Nishbar. Vechen Tzilzele Shrua, him Gamkin Kenegadai Slavish Abimidid is Velev Nishbar. He says, Hallelujah, Beminim Vogav, Hallelujah, Tzilzele Shrua. Tzilzel is the, the sounds that come from Shrua. Shrua are, 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 are broken sounds. Two, two, two. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah that Shvarim and Shrua, right? Do you remember? Genuche, Ganach, and Yulule Yalil. It's like sighs and sobs. Uh, uh, uh. And then, uh, sobs and sighs. Genuche and Yalil, Yalala. That's Shvarim and Shrua. And this was the Avaid of the Levim with many instruments, because many instruments were brought in. And not only that, the Gemara and the Mishnah and the Rambam give a whole list of a minimum and maximum. How many? It's Mazestam. You brought any, you know, you brought whatever you wanted. It was choreographed, it was organized. How many instruments they can have, of what type, how many, the minimum, the maximum. Sometimes there was no maximum. Because it was a, it was, it was a, it was a matziv of islavus. Shakailu lavad is pchinas hu. All vaavad halevi hu. The avoid of the levi is to go into the hu. Pchinas hu asano. We say a mizmul asayda. Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. You remember? Duu ki Hashem alikim hu asano. V'loyanach namavitzim. What's duu ki Hashem alikim hu asano? Duu ki Hashem alikim asano. Know that Hashem made us. Here again, the extra who. The who ki Hashem alakim, who asano? It's the va'avad al, he's a connected to the va'avad alevi who. Because who is always that which I don't see. It's the transcendent. It's the chachma. It's the me'ayin timotse. Ayin is who. Yesh is here. Ayin is not here. Not because it's not here. <laughs> because it's not defined by here. It's not graspable. So that's who. So you could say, let's go to the state of who? Let's go to the state of Ayin. And that's the void of the Kayanim. The Gezoya says the Kayanim served in the Besamitish in silence. They would not speak. The Leviim with a lot of music and singing. Because Chachma is silence. That's the Kayanim. And the void of the Leviim is Va'avad Halevihu. It's the void in the who to be it, to bring it out. That the Chachma should come into the Bina. The Ayin should come into the Yesh. That's what creates the love. That's what creates the passion. That's what creates the rotsin. He says that's the ikir to illuminate the body. To access the midos, the emotions, the experience from a state of concealment into a state of revelation. That's the va'avad halevihu. That's the end of this short mimer of the Balatanya. The next shir is going to be Bezir Hashem Friday morning, not Thursday, because I'm away, but Friday morning. 7.45 a.m. Since today is my Emeladis. So, Shtetach. Shtetach in a Gim. I saw it wasn't urgent. I said, I'll call it back. So, it says in Yerushalmi that the Amalekim used to send out to war people with a birthday. The Amalek used to, it says by the Amalekhamas Amalek, they used to send out people with a Emeladis. So, the Yerushalmi says, because Mazolam Goiver. So the Tzadik HaKoyen has a whole shtickle that on the Amaletus, your mazel is powerful. So I'll use the opportunity to give everybody a bracha, to have Hatzlacha and bracha Adbli Dai, 
for health, happiness, prosperity, nachas, and Hashem should fulfill all of your desires. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Yo. Have a beautiful day. Everybody have a beautiful day and a good Chaydash. Last day of Sivan. The day that Moshe sent the Miraglam. <laughs> Hebrew, yeah. My English is June 11th. Right. In other words, when I have an epiphany and inspiration, it's important to bring it down. Not just to keep it up there. It's to integrate. To integrate. To integrate it. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Gamata. Amen. Amen. That's what I heard once. I heard once that the Alter Rebbe's Dalit Bavis is from the time then. I don't know. Yeah, there were certain instruments they used. Well, the rules of music could be seem rigid, but. Uh, Imagine uh, they're doing a symphony, yeah, La Havdel of uh, Beethoven or Mozart, right? And one of the musicians has a hisoidus and he decides to go his own way, right? What are they going to do to him? <laughs> Let's hope he comes out alive. Why? If the music is about passion, let it just go. The answer is, it's the rigidity of the music that allows for the ecstasy of the music. Unless I'm in, I'm in a different mode, I'm just playing around with different tunes, but... When you're when you're conducting a symphony, you want the cohesive energy and you want the impact. They're following exact notes and not derailing. But you would say, one second, that's fake. You're so rigid. You're so fixed. But the answer is the other way around. It's it's being loyal to those notes that creates the 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 passion and the ecstasy that this music represents. This music represents. And I think it's a very powerful marshal for halacha as well. You could see it as rigidity and get stuck over there, or you could see it really as a tool to the, to the experience, to the passion, to the ecstasy. You know, today they are going to the music theory, a different way to extract the notes. Yeah, they're still, they're still curious about what makes the Stradivarius uh, violin so special. <laughs> what was the secret? What was the secret of Stradivarius when he uh, built his violins? They don't know, huh? Yeah, it's a different, different, different sound. He put an upside different neshama there. Note, right. One violin is worth a hundred dollars. Another violin is worth twenty million dollars. <laughs> and one is hundreds of years old. And and the way we resonate is only right. So music has a rigidity to it. Certain time. I mean, it has notes. I, I don't mean, I'm using the word rigidity because it's really the antithesis. The whole definition of music, music is the opposite of being rigid. Music is about expansiveness and celebration and, and joy and simcha. But here you see that <laughs> structure is not the antithesis to joy and expansiveness. You can't just take a, a 
Right, on the contrary, the chaos, the chaos it doesn't create joy. So the question is, what type of notes? Whose notes are you following? And then, if you have a genius, a maestro, who wrote a, a composition, who wrote a symphony, who wrote a ballad, who wrote a song, you're following those notes, those notes won't make you uh, repressed. Following those notes will allow you to experience the ecstasy. The word halacha comes from the word halicha, movement. But halacha is all about, this is how you do it. Movement is about change, right? I'm moving. Unless you don't understand what halacha is. Halacha is halicha, halicha is oilam loy. You hear what I'm saying? But you have to you have to be able to see the music. If I don't see the music, if a person is tone deaf, you know the Baal Shem Tov's marshal, right? They asked him why, uh, you know, Baal Shem Tov encouraged passion and chassidim with daven, with music, with song and dance and ecstasy. So they said, what, what's, what's all this? <laughs> he just daven. So he gave a marshal. It's a beautiful marshal. He said, you know, sometimes in the street, you have somebody who starts playing an instrument. So there was a brilliant musician and he went to the center of town. And he started to play, and everybody was just glued to the music. So circles formed around him, and people just started to dance. A person was walking through the marketplace, and he sees everybody around the person, and they're all dancing. And he says, Ashtat from Meshagayim. So we come here to buy, to sell, we go to the vendors. So it's a marketplace. What are they all dancing for? They're crazy people. Hashem Tov said, unfortunately, this person was deaf. So he said, you could be in the midst of the most amazing music in the world, but if I'm deaf, <laughs> I see other people dancing. So you're all Meshagayim, I'm the normal one. So there could be the most amazing symphony in the world. All I see is, you know, black notes on the on the on the page and it's very rigid it's very repressive i had a classmate he considered himself very uh, scientific so whenever i would use the word music he would say it's a lie there's no such a thing as music i say what is it he said it's a manipulation of notes now can i argue with him it's like arguing with somebody about god you know what i mean I can't prove that there's music in the world. <laughs> I also can't prove that there's love. Love is a manipulation of <laughs> of minds. Can I prove that there's humor? Anybody can prove that there's such a thing as humor? I can't prove it. You don't find the joke funny, okay? And you could live without music, you can live without love, you can live without humor, and you can never prove that they exist, but it's a more superficial life. And sometimes I think the same about God, you know? You can't prove God in the lab. <laughs> You could say everything is random mutations, whether it makes sense, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I think it makes sense more that there's a designer, but fine. But it's a much... Can you prove that there's music? It was, you can, but it's a much more superficial life with uh, when you don't believe that there's love or there's humor or there's music or there's, uh, there's, there's love behind the universe. So, you know, you're right. Everything can be reduced to very technical and tangible components, and it looks scientific, but I don't think it's really scientific. It's, uh, it actually makes the mind smaller. It takes away the grandeur from it. Makes sense what I'm saying? You're a scientist. Yes, Raj. I hear Raj nice. It does make sense. Oh. <laughs>
Not everybody with a Russian accent is a scientist. But an engineer, I hope you are. Engineer Barker. That I know. So here we have a Russian scientist. Here we have a Russian engineer. We just need a Russian doctor. So it's a very powerful idea that music is about meichen de ima. So it's it's articulated. It's it's it comes out by his galus. Music is always about his slavos. It's passion. It could be a different type of passion. The passion of joy, the passion of introspection, the passion of tears. It's also passion. Lev nishbar. They they cause you to cry. Yeah. Yeah. You start crying. Yeah. And there's others, other songs, other symphonies that causes you to dance. You know, you have to get up from your from your seat and, and start clapping. Huh? Yeah. And that's what the Bosham Tov is saying. If I'm deaf, I don't have to call other people Meshagayim. I just have to uh, open up my ears. Huh? To clean up my ears. Yeah. And then I go, yeah. Dancing, dancing to the to the beat of life. Dancing to the beat of life. That was the Levian. Levine was dancing to the beat of life. Every day was different. Like even uh, like Monday from next Monday was was a different music, or it was they were singing the same thing. There were probably so many different tunes, and there were composers. I'm sure. Listen, all the Tehillim, right? Lam Natseach, What's Lam Natseach? Lam is a a conductor, a choir master, right? And the Tehillim, he goes through different musical instruments and different kapitlach. These were not just chapters of psalms that we read. Da 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 da. da. They were they were compositions, and many of them were musical ones. You see the end. The last one is with the instruments. You see the last one are the instruments. The Kufnun, he finishes the whole Tehillim with with all these instruments. Hallelujah, and it's almost like a commandment. We don't follow this commandment, but Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah, praise Hashem, and I'm telling you. It's like almost David HaMelech is telling you, come on, bring out the instruments. And then finally, And the Medrash says, call Neshima Neshima, right? Every breath. The Neshama is the ultimate instrument. Every breath is music, right? With every breath, the breath is an instrument. That's why breath work is also very deep. You know, in healing, there's a breath work. And called Neshima, Neshima. Every breath is another instrument. You see, Dovod HaMelech, Hashir Hashem Bechaya, Yazam Lelikai Biyoidi, right? He says in Baruch Hinafshi, Hashir Hashem Bechaya. I sing throughout my life, and I sing with my life. Bechaya means my life is a song. Life is a song. All of life is a song. Now, songs go in different directions. They go up, they go down. There's exhilarating moments, there's introspective moments. There's pensive moments, there's thrilling moments, there's happy moments, there's, you know, painful moments. Ashira Lashem Bichaya, Mitmain Leben. Beautiful question, beautiful question. We said yesterday to learn Torah as a child, but sometimes it's not that I'm not comfortable with learning new things. I don't want it to contradict my Messiah. We have a Messiah, we have a Muna, and sometimes I'm afraid that if I'm open, Right? I'm going to go away from uh, the truth of the Messiah. So what's the line? How do you know which one it is? It's a very good question. Excellent question. Right. So it, the answer to that question is not by saying that we shouldn't learn anything new. <laughs> the answer to that is 
how do you know what's the line between opening myself to something deeper, right, versus opening myself to something that can completely derail me from the emes. So I would say that the, sim- the more simple answer to that is that itself has to be truthful in a person. You know, the person has to be very truthful with themselves. The Torah is infinite. Torah is ain't safe. The Pesach says, Arucha me'eretz midu rechavam It's longer than the land, and it's broader than the ocean, than the sea. Arucha me'eretz midu rechavam So therefore, Torah is ain't safe. It's infinite. So therefore, the moment I get stuck in my paradigms of Torah and of Yiddishkeit, it's haloyme Torah zaken, I want to be able to challenge myself. But the line is a very clear line. The line is, if you're talking about Torah, you're talking about something that brings out the meaning of life, the purpose of life. At the end of the day, the ultimate result is the dignity of a person, the infinity of a person, the fact that there's a purpose in life, there's meaning in life. It's it's infinity that brings you closer to the truth of Einoid Mulvadai, of Achtas Hashem, which are the Yisoydas of Yiddishkeit. So then, bring it on, challenge me every day. Let me go deeper and deeper. Ah, huh? make sense? Yeah, now sometimes we're taught, don't think, don't think. Your mind is a terrible thing. The brain is a terrible thing. But that's not a real Jewish attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you have to understand that too. Reb Nachum was against the Chikidus, the philosophical Chikidus. And there was a reason for it. Reb Nachman lived in the time of the Haskalah. The Haskalah began when the Baal Tov was born. The late 1600s, the early 1700s. It began in Western Europe. Soon it would travel to Eastern Europe. And the Haskalah, the Enlightenment, basically focused on the person's ego and the person's mind. My mind is everything, right? And that became the new focus. It's called Haskalah from the word Seichel. They called it enlightenment. And it created tremendous confusion for many, many Jews who didn't have the tools and the resources to deal with it. So Reb Nachman, like many other G'dayli Yisoli, was the only one, said, go away from these philosophical chikiris because they won't bring you closer to your own truth. They won't bring you closer to God's truth. It wasn't a melchama against using your brain or against using your mind. Lekut Maran is a very sophisticated sefer. <laughs> It's a very deep sefer. Rachel was a deep thinker. <laughs> he used his mind. There's a lot of ideas over there, right? Very deep ideas. He felt that when people get into philosophical speculations, they often go into this maze and they don't know their way out. He says, you're going to go into a maze and you're going to get stuck. You're not going to know your way out, right? Now, first thing you have to understand about that, if somebody is already inside the maze, telling them not to go into the maze is really not nice. You understand? I could tell you, don't go into the maze because you may, may not come out. Other people will come out, you won't come out. I get it. Makes sense. You know? But what if somebody's in the maze? So what is Reb Nachman going to say? Let him stay the Lailam Vod? You have to help him out. So you understand? So it's not a, a, a black and white card blatch statement against Chkira. Reb Nachman knew about G'dayli Yisrael who were involved in Chkira. He was suggesting to people, you don't need the maze. Trust me, I've seen it, I've been there, it's not going to make you a happier person. That was it, you understand? But if somebody's in the maze already, and somebody comes to me, he's in the maze, he's stuck in the maze, and he's lost. 
So what should I tell him? You shouldn't have gone into the maze. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he has an infection, right? He has an, you shouldn't have gone there. You wouldn't have gotten an infection. But now what do I do? Do I help him heal? Do I help him out? The only way to help him out of the maze is to help him out of the maze. Right? I can't tell him, cut, cut off your mind. I think everybody understands that. So that's where there's a confusion by people. A lot of people are in the maze. They're in the maze. A guy has questions, right? So you shouldn't have questions. I have questions. Me screaming at him not to have questions and showing you what Ibn Nachman says is going to take away his questions. So you always have to respect where a person is and try to help them from there. Chas v'shalom, a father tells us their son, don't play by the window. The window is open. Chas v'shalom. The child doesn't listen and falls out the window. What are we doing? Oh, I'm not helping you. You didn't listen to me. <laughs> they didn't listen. They went into the maze. All Zion. It's usually not because they didn't listen. It's because of whatever. But let's say, so so, so now what? I shouldn't pick up the child and take him to the hospital? You get what I'm saying? So it's very important to understand that. Yes, and you have to be true to, 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 true to who you are. A, a, a person who's filled with, rattled with questions. And his whole life he's told, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to. And he grows up and he really, deep down, he believes that Judaism has no answers to anything. It's a one big system where they brainwash you and they indoctrinate you and they want to control you and they want to shut down your minds, right? To tell this person, Rabbi Nachman says you're not allowed to think. What are you telling him? He was right. <laughs> you have to be able to tune into where a person is. That's true. Many questions are from emotion. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.